welcome guys to Real Talk with Benno. It's episode three here and I'm joined by Tom Seget, also known as the Suburban Footballer. Tom, how are you going? Very well, thanks. Thanks for uh, popping around and having me as part of your show. No, mate, thanks for, thanks for having us in. Um, we're taking the show on the road for the first three apps, so it's been good. We've yeah. been very lucky. This is easily uh, the most hospital setup we've had so far. Yeah, just um, in the front room here, the spare room. Yeah, looking up, there's a bit of Collingwood merch. Um, obviously, that's not the flavour of this podcast, but there is also a Caulfield Bears jumper, which we will touch on. Um, for the familiar listeners, we are Caulfield Bears regulars, and for those that are new, um, you will tell you plenty about the Bears going forward. Yeah, you'll um, notice the positioning of the uh, of the me- of the memorabilia. So yeah. you so when you walk in and you look in the door, you can't see it. So yeah. my wife <laughs> said I can hang shit, but uh, it's got to be in a spot that can't be visible to the visitor. So. So I've got my little space. It's just, uh, yeah, can't be seen no, by anyone do else. Do what you can to get it up. That's <laughs> it. We've got Bucks up on the left corner. We've got a 2010 Premiership poster as well. So the pie's obviously very close to the heart, and we'll, we'll get onto the onto the AFL side of things soon. Um, but first of all, let's start off these by just talking about how we know each other. And previously mentioned, we both play at Caulfield. Mighty Bears, yep. Um, we've been ripping apart the twos in the most recent practice match. Oh, we yeah. Both in the midfield there. Just how waxing. do you pull up? Uh, not good. No, no. Well, I'm, I'm 43. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's not great. I, the little guy I, I stood on, because it was a pracky match, so, you know, there wasn't too much aggression. So we start, I started chatting to the guy I lined up on, and he was 19. And he, uh, and he asked how old I was, and I said 43, and he pointed out that his dad was 42. Yeah, which was uh, a real kick in the guts. But, yeah, at 43, you, you don't pull up great. A couple of dislocated fingers and just, yeah, we'll put it down as general soreness. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, so you found it all. I, I pulled up okay. I guess I can't really complain at 27. But 27. Oh. A tight back led to a tight butter, led to a bit of pain at the gym today, but not too bad overall. Uh, how, how many games are you going to play this year? Do we think? How often we say that? Well, the well, you got to. You don't want to base it around the finals, but you've got you got to you got to play six to to to, <laughs> to, uh, to, uh, to register to qualify for finals. So uh, I reckon six. To eight will be about right to get the body, you know, to have the body yeah. okay. Like if I played, if I played eighteen, I'd, I'd be uh, in a wheelchair by finals. So, so six to eight might be perfect. And just looking at the diary, because uh, I travel a bit yeah. with the gigs and so forth, so I reckon that that could be about perfect. Six to eight, Mate, plus four finals, obviously, and obviously, uh, obviously. a four day bender to fire that. We'll need four. I can go on two. <laughs> Straight sets will be through through the granny and we'll bring in a flag. Well, that'd be easier, yeah. Home games, majority, you reckon? Surely. Oh, I can't see myself leaving uh, leaving the Caulfield area, so no, <laughs> that wouldn't be. Although with the um, no change rooms this year, maybe I might, mm. maybe I might travel. Yeah, for those yeah. listening, I think at the minute it looks like we're going to be changing out of portable sheds. Yeah. Up, well, they said up until June, but oh, I'm I'm around my I'm around the corner and it doesn't look good. It doesn't look like we'll be in the room so no as a rule councils don't usually run to time with yeah. things like that but you never know fingers, fingers crossed we're in room sooner rather than later holding up the cup um, so we're going to start with the suburban footballers we introduced you as yep. I mean I think a lot of people would say the Facebook page and a lot of the content you put up there it's yep, yep. great stuff and I think it touches to the heart of everyone that's ever played suburban football yep. and local footy How'd that, how'd that come about? How'd it come about? Well, I've started, I, uh, like, as I said, I'm 43. I've played since I was eight. Um, I've probably been obsessed since I was six with footy. And it was. it's always, through my whole life, it's been just an obsession. And about 18 years ago, I started doing stand-up comedy. And then that became an obsession. So I absolutely fell in love with stand-up comedy. 
did them both and it wasn't until about five six years ago i had the idea to combine the two because there aren't actually a lot of comedians that are that, that play footy mm. there's the nelson twins there's uh, even hocking um handful of others Husey played a bit uh limo played a bit but it's sort of more of an arty thing rather yeah. than a, rather than a footballer rather than a sporty type thing so um so i thought i could combine the two i thought i could write a great one-hour festival show about the suburban footballer but didn't think I could get anyone to come and watch it so I was sort of brainstorming how can we get people to come along to this festival show that I've written and someone came up with the idea uh, of the Facebook page and so my goal originally was to get um, uh, roughly 5,000 followers and then you advertise on that happy days free advertising you've got 5,000 like-minded people that obviously like their footy like a laugh and uh, and jackpot. So I registered for the Melbourne International Comedy Festival, but before that I registered my show for the Perth Fringe. And the idea was I go to the Perth Fringe, try it for five shows, get it get it good, get, get, get the kinks out, come over and perform it in front of our family and friends and hopefully a lot of footy fans over in Melbourne. Problem was this, uh, the page just went nuts. And, and, I, and I remember the day it happened, it was... Um, it must have been Easter Sunday, was mate. Was there a specific post or anything? Yeah, 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 hundred percent. So it was it was Easter Monday. It was it was Easter Monday, and I remember I was doing a bit of work around the house, and uh, and and so all of a sudden I did a post about something about doing all of pre-season, uh, getting fit as a fiddle, and then going on a four-day bender over Easter and completely ruining yourself for round one the following week. And it must have just been something that must have hit at this at the sweet point when there must have been tens of thousands of local footballers on sitting bench. on the couch just regretting the last three-day bender they've gone over Easter and they've done the whole pre-season. It just, it just hit, a, uh, hit a sweet spot. And I remember I was on the roof cleaning the gutters and my wife kept popping out, uh, Tom, you've got another thousand followers, and it was just, and you could actually see it. It was just going boom, 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 boom. So then it just went, it just went nuts. And then, um, Shuey, Luke Shuey for West Coast yeah. was one of the guys that um that got on there, and he shared it. So there, so there was this big, all of a sudden, got all this traction in WA, which is where I wanted to sort of fly under the radar. Yeah. So I'm sort of going, ah, oh, fuck. So, so maybe, maybe that won't translate to tickets, but it, but it did. So my five shows over in Perth sold out in about 24 hours. Yes. They, and it sold out to a show that was absolute shit because like <laughs> it basically hadn't been trialed. I didn't know what to do. So, so I, so I, it was only a small room, a little 60-seater, but it was still panic station. Yeah. So, so I'm heading over to Perth in a couple of weeks for the Fringe. Got a sold out week over there and no idea what this show's going to be. I've got, like, I, I know it, but I don't know if anything's don't know funny. What it looks like, yeah. yeah, so quickly jumped on the phone to a, a mate who was assistant coach at Springvale and a mate who was assistant coach at Parkdale Vultures and said, mate, I'm desperate. Can I come down after training on Thursday and, and do my show for free for you guys? We'll put some beers on. And it, was, it just couldn't have been better. So the club yeah. rooms were packed, everyone in there for free, so no expectations. A few beers Thursday night after training. So I did the vultures. It was great. A few things didn't work. Went over to Springvale, did it, and then uh, happy days. So headed over to um to yeah to Perth, and yeah, very first show. I was backstage. Didn't know. I, I couldn't see the crowd from. I would come behind a curtain, and that was the first time I'd see the crowd. It was yeah. just the setup of the venue. Came out, opened the curtain, 
And uh, of the 60-odd seats, probably 30 of them were uh, the West Coast Eagles players. Oh. And I was just like, oh. <laughs> and just, but I'm um, just sort of... But it was good. They were... Um, yeah, it was good. Had a few uh, few mistakes, but it was fine. Yeah, so that was it. That was that. Was that your first stand up? You was the first one as the as spoon football. I've been doing. Yeah. I'd been doing stand up for oh, for probably f- nearly fifteen yeah. years before that. Oh, 13, 14 years before that. So so yeah. I love the stand up, but this is the first time I'd I'd sort of combine the two. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I then came over to Melbourne, did the festival. It went great, and I thought that'd be it. But I got approached by so many people after the show yeah. saying, "Mate, how do we?" get this at our club and that was like geez sort of opened uh opened the door and yeah so it's the last five years have been um four or five years have been well, obviously except for 2020 have been booked out every saturday night doing the show so yeah been lucky the way it's all worked out yeah yeah it's probably a great gig as well getting to wear the bears jumper out with the oh i love it and i did ring darren uh if he minded um if i did it if i wore the bears jumper and he, yeah, he didn't mind yeah no, so it was all good yeah yeah um so you're taking the show on two hours, man, because you're all over the shop at the minute. What's it like being on the road so much? I'm so uh, it's, um, it's good. Look, I've probably the biggest save has been um, as what, what we're doing right here is the podcast is because it used to be, and, and this isn't even going back that far. You'd be, you know, because I do a lot of country runs, you'd be going through Shepparton trying to find yeah. Shepparton's bloody radio station, and then you'd, you'd and then that'd run out, and you'd and then you'd find all of a sudden you'd find Triple M out in the middle of nowhere. Some country would be country station would be doing that, and then uh, but but now a podcast. It's like I can put on a podcast, and before you know it, three hours is gone. You've listened to, to a some true crime or some sport or some yeah. comedy, and oh, it's just it's made travelling. Yeah, yeah it, it's just changed it completely. But look, it'd be different if I was uh, young and and uh, didn't have the family. But you, you do, you do miss the family. But it's always try and come home. Like three, three and a half hours is my limit. Yeah. And anything under that, I'll uh, I'll jump in the car and drive home after the gig because I'm pretty wired and usually yeah, uh, adrenaline's yeah, up. adrenaline's up. I'm pretty flat by the time I get home. But um, <laughs> but yeah, three and a half. Yeah, always try and get home. Yeah, no, nah, fair enough as well. So on the road, obviously, so much can go wrong out there. Have you got any road stories where, like, whether it's driving to or from, things just haven't gone to plan, left you in a bit of trouble? Um, I I was running late for, a, I can't even think of the name of the of the footy club, but I absolutely front and centre hit a roo, um, and that was uh, so so that obviously wasn't great. It was it was an absolute miracle. I drive a little scene out the front, little uh, Mazda three, yeah. so she's not exactly a bulldozer. And this, and I was, um, and I was always told growing up because I grew up in the country, if you see a roo, just you got to mow it down. <laughs> Sadly, you don't, you don't, um, you don't try and turn because that's when you country road. You know, if you try and swerve, if you're doing a hundred, that's yeah. when you you wrap yourself around a tree or whatever. So, so, I, so, I, and it's funny, it popped into my mind and it was just straight into it. And uh, but he was a good little sport. He just ducked at the last minute, and um, so it did a bit of damage. But it was. Uh, but it was it was okay. I don't think Kangaroo's telling a familiar story with this one. But <laughs> yeah. uh, but it was uh, yes. So that was so I turned up to the uh, to the gig. I rang the guy and said, "Mate, I'm running a bit late. I've hit a rule." And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And then Very and then, cool. then I, I turned up and um, yeah, they were all waiting out the front. And yeah, sure enough, the front was all smashed in. And so he believed me. Um, there was another one. This was an absolute miracle. I don't know if with you know Nick Cody. Yes, yeah, so, so yeah. Nick Cody does the. Uh, breakfast radio yeah, with, with Fev yeah, and yeah, Fifi yeah. so Nick and I were off to do a show uh, he was doing some comedy I was doing the suburban footballer and um, 
and absolutely pissing down. I was driving my boss's um, BMW, and it might have been because of the, the kangaroo. That's why I couldn't drive the uh, the Mazda. So I was driving his quite sporty BMW, heading out the Western Ring Road, bucketing down, and probably a two-metre long, maybe metre-and-a-half bit of 4B2 has got stuck under a truck, and it sort of, sort of flicked out. Like, you know when you put those... Uh, Put the cricket balls in those machines. And oh that, yeah, it was exactly sure. like that, and and it, it must have just got caught under a wet tire and shot at us. Shot at us. It must have been 200, 300 kilometres now. This yeah. thing was coming at us straight into the windshield Jesus. and um, completely white the windshield and um, except for this little bit in the corner. So we pulled over and we just heart was thumping. Yeah. Absolute miracle. If it hadn't been a sports car, I think we would have been done. But because the angle of the of the yeah yeah it sort of it skimmed a little more than just go straight through it so anyway stupid us we'll we'll probably nowadays i think smarter of it but we drove 150 kilometers with a whited out um windscreen um just looking at the little 30 centimeter square up in the top and he couldn't see anything he was just sitting there on his phone and uh yeah we turned up same deal we're running late yeah 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 we turned up and all the boys were out the front just going (laughs) jesus it was uh yeah it was pretty uh Pretty crazy. Yeah, I think you'd, you'd get that on the country roads. I know someone who's driving the other way back from Phillip Island, yep. driving mum's car, koalas come out, uh, koala wombats come out, take yeah. off the light. Yeah, um, what, the wombats, the wombat yeah. would have walked off like nothing had happened. Yeah, yeah, I think the wombat was actually worse for wear. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, the car, the car was bad, wombat worse <laughs> in this one. Um, just remember what we were talking about, it took off. You, you landed on the footy show, not, not short, but no, not far from its end. Yeah, how, yeah. How was probably the, the uh, I was the nail in the coffin. Yeah. Um, <laughs> look, it was a uh, it was a good experience, but um, yeah, I was clearly it was it was dying. It, yeah. it was it was on its way out, and um, and a little story. I don't know whether you've heard this one, but I was um, so I went on there as a sperm footballer, and and I was I was given three minutes, two to three minutes every episode to basically do what I wanted, and um, and it was. No doubt if that first one didn't go well, they would have said, you know, there was no contract, there was no yeah. nothing. It was just a week-by-week week thing. Anyway, the first one I told them, look, I'm going to do stuff that I do every Saturday night. I know it works. I know it's good content. I know it gets a laugh just to just to show you I can do it. Yeah, so I went out there and it was just – couldn't have gone better. And, yeah. um, and so – but, but a little story about um about Ed. So so I've rocked up. It's Eddie McGuire. Eddie, Eddie McGuire. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's look look. I I really like the guy. Yeah, and, I, uh, I'm and a big I Eddie fan. and I uh, look. I feel for the way it's all ended up. I think he deserved a lot better. Yeah. But um, but yeah, anyway. So I've met. So I'm walking around the four of the footy show. No one knows me, and and I'm thinking I've got to introduce myself to someone. So I just walked up to Eddie and said, "G'day, mate." Tom Seagat shook his hand and he's obviously you know all G'd up first episode of the year and he shook my hand and had this sort of weird look on his face like obviously had no idea who I was and I said um, I'm the suburban footballer I'm, I'm on tonight's show and he let go of my hand and dropped it and pointed his finger at me and said don't fuck up and, wa- and walked off and that was my intro to, uh, to Eddie and the footy show and if I wasn't Shit myself before that. I was. Uh, oh, I certainly was. Yeah. Luckily, I'd been warned by a couple of people that that's his sort of management style, sort of the okay. putting the, the fear of God into people. And I'll tell fear you what, it was. Uh, the, yeah, the fear of failure. And um, and it was. Uh, tell you what, he was successful because. Uh, yeah. But but the gig went great, and then, and then 
because I used to warm up the crowd every week off air with my nicknames, which is a part of the show I do, and it, it always goes well. It's like I didn't write this stuff; it was stuff I've picked up over the years, yeah. just different nicknames for different footy clubs, and it's just gold, like just funny stuff. And um, and anyway, so this is how it ended. So I was plodding along, going okay for a few weeks. I was going it probably every second week. I was doing a doing a bit, and then um, so he's, I'm in the office at the Channel Nine Footy Show. He's walked in. Tommy, this is your big week. You're uh, you're going to do your uh, your nicknames. We're going to give you four or five minutes. Top of the show. You're going to do your nicknames. And I just said, mate, I look, I really appreciate that, but I'm not going to do it because at the first bit I did in the in the first episode of the footy show, I did stuff from my show, yeah. and that now doesn't work when I do it on a Saturday night because um yeah because that. although it's you know, it doesn't seem like it. 190,000 people watch the show every week. Yeah. And then who knows how many people watch the highlights on, on Facebook and yeah. YouTube and, and whatever floats around. So I say, oh, mate, I appreciate it, but I'm not doing it. And he was, I don't think he gets known very often because he said, ah, mm. uh, yeah, yeah, you're doing it. And I was like, ah, uh, no, I'm not doing it. And he goes, yeah, you're doing it. And half of me's going, I shit myself because yeah. I'm having a fight with Eddie McGuire. And half yeah. of me's going... I'm having an argument with Eddie McGuire. This is uh, this is pretty cool. And then um, and then eventually he just cracked the shits and goes, ah, oh, fuck yeah. And um, oh no, he said um, he said, what is it with you? He goes, you go and see ACDC. You want to see Thunderstruck, and if they, and if they don't play Thunderstruck, you're pissed off. You go see the suburban footballer. You want to see the nicknames because that's the best part of the nicknames. And I said, it's different, mate. You see ACDC a hundred times. Yeah, or you listen to Thunderstruck a thousand times, you, you still love it. You yeah. still sing along to it. You hear a joke twice, you, you know what the punchline is and it, it's all over. And he yeah. said, ah, uh, you know, it's bullshit, rah, rah. And I was like, God. And um, and then I, the next day, got in the in the car to go to work and turn on Triple M and he's there um, on the radio going, ah, you know, you, what's wrong with comedians? You go and watch ACDC. And I'm like, has he been stewing on this all night? And I was like... God, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. And, um, and then I just, and then I just wrote this big letter to him saying, "Look, we're going in different directions." I knew the the, the show yeah. was was going downhill. The ship was yeah, well yeah, well and uh, which was a bit sad because it was a great show. And mm. but um, anyway, so yeah, so that sort of uh, so that sort of ended my time at the uh, at the footy show. It was a great experience. I'd been there years before. I used to write for um, before Spurman Football. I wrote for Trev for um, oh, wow. for a couple of years. And uh, which was which was good fun. Yeah, I think Trev was when Trev left on him. That was that was a big one mm. shake in the in the footy shows. Yeah, oh. yeah, he was he was great. Yeah, absolutely loved him. I remember watching your first segment on there, having no idea it was coming. I think it was my first year at the vet. No, first second year at the vet. No idea. I think I don't think we'd met at that point. I was just sitting down, and all of a sudden there's just bears jerseys. Yeah, there. everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like I was with I was with a girlfriend at the time. I'm no longer with. I turned. And I was like. Look, turn, turn, turn! You gotta look. Yeah. <laughs> and she's kind of like, you know, like, yeah, yeah. Look at it. Um, yeah, because funnily, because um, I, because I had everyone wearing bears jumpers, and the company I, I uh, work for during the day, called Sandalford, we sponsor Caulfield. Yeah. So we've got Sandalford written on the back of every every jumper, and so uh, and so the the scene was me addressing the guys on the bench. And it was absolutely could not have product placement better. So there were eight Caulfield jumpers in a row with Sandalford, 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 Sandalford. It was probably twenty thousand dollars worth of bloody advertising. Yeah. And um, 
And my boss rang me straight after and goes, oh, hey, how, good was, how good was that advertising? I said, oh, mate, yo, it wasn't even intentional. It was unbelievable. And then um, he goes, oh, make sure we did. We, he goes, we'll get those logos updated. And we got the jumpers and he got the logos made bigger and brighter because a few of them had, were like two or three years old because yeah. I didn't even think. And then the next week, Channel 9, they must have sussed on yeah. it and they lifted the... Um, they sort of cropped the frame, the, the frame and yeah. uh, and cut out all the sand off it. Oh. So, yeah, they're uh, they're not stupid. No, no, they make their money. They know how to. Yeah. Um. So we go to the stand up. I mean, we hear so many stories about how people get into that. Were, were you a funny kid? Was it school? Were you were you the clown there? How did you how did you find your way to stand up? Um, I was uh I wasn't a great student, so probably always stuffing around at school. Um. One thing, so I grew up in the country, Albury, Wodonga, and there was no comedy scene. Like, I literally didn't know what stand-up comedy was. I'd never seen it. I'd never heard of it. Yeah. And it certainly wasn't what I wanted to do. But... What did you want to do? Um, it's probably journalism. Journalism or, uh, or sign writing was, were, the two, okay. were the two things. I, I, I really enjoyed... Um, well, sign writing doesn't fit into that category, but I really enjoyed English. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was pretty much all I did. And I didn't mind a bit of drawing and that sort of stuff yeah, no. but um yes yeah, so, so i did want to want to do that but um yeah my marks weren't uh <laughs> didn't lend themselves to doing much but uh fruit picking i went fruit picking at the end of uh, year 12 <laughs> which was about all all i could have got into but um yeah. so so but there was a lot of kids turning 18 and 21 so there was a lot of 18th speeches to be had and 21st speeches to be had and i quite often people had asked me to do the speech when I was just the go-to guy to do the 18th and 21st speeches because other people would just get up pissed and tell some story, whereas I used to really put the effort in. in. I used to write a bit of a script. And so without knowing it, I think I was was just thriving on that. Pony on the crowd. Yeah, and and that having a crowd, getting a laugh. And, and yeah, so without knowing it, they were my first first gigs, I guess. And then I moved down to Melbourne and I remember I was on a date with a girl... um, we're sitting out the front of the ESPY having a couple of beers. Me and this girl, and this uh, another girl, was going around handing out flyers for uh, a comedy night. It was a comedy afternoon. It was a Sunday Arvo out in the Gershwin room, the back room at yeah. the at the ESPY, and we said, I don't know whether chat wasn't going well or we needed something to break it up. Or so, so we said, oh, let's go to that. So we've gone to check out the comedy, and to this day, I've never never laughed that hard in my life. It was just it's like I'd seen something that I'd, I'd never seen before. Yeah. It was like I'd gone to another planet was uh and I, and it was funny we walked out and i still remember she goes oh you want to do that don't you and i said yeah i mean that was unbelievable and it but it took three or four years to get around to doing it but i wrote probably every day for that three or four years and um and practiced and so when i did eventually get on stage i was i was i was ready to go because i just didn't have the confidence to do it didn't know how to do it so when I did eventually do it I, uh, I, was, I was definitely ready to go do you remember who the comic was that you saw that day yeah Greg Fleet Greg Fleet Greg so, Fleet yeah big moment I guess for you yeah, yeah. I, I, I know um, I know Fleety now I've become oh. mates with Fleety so it's uh, yeah it's such a small community, community. Yeah, yeah and that's one great thing about the comedy is f- from the first 10 20 gigs you're, you're getting a gig in Bendigo and you're jumping in a car with you know some of the biggest names in comedy, and you're yeah. you're in the green room with Jamalin and Husey, and you're sort of chatting with these guys. And whereas I love footy, but I'm not kicking the footy with with Bucks and yeah. and Chris Yard, and you know, so you right from the start, you, you're hanging out with with the best in the yeah, business, yeah, so yeah. which is which is pretty cool. And a great way to learn as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Um, your first gig, where did you where did you have to ship out for that one? First gig, um, most people, and this is I can't believe people do it, is people invite all their mates along to their first gig and I see people now doing their first gig with 20, 30, 40 mates and they're all cheering and yahooing and that is the absolute polar opposite to what I did. So I was living with a couple of mates in St Kilda in a just a little uh, house there in St Kilda and I had I'd told them that I had a girlfriend and which I didn't so I could it gave me an excuse to have a shower, put on some decent clothes and go out at 6.30 at night and come home at 11, no questions asked. And I was having this secret little uh, open mic comedy comedy career on the <laughs> on the side and, and no one knew. So I was determined for no one to find out. Like I, I, was, I would get so nervous anyway, let alone having friends there. But um, This is before social media, so a lot easier yeah, to hide. Yeah, oh, a lot easier to hide. Well, nowadays, there'd be someone to tag you and, and oh, it'd be all video, over. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, so, so I was lucky, but... Um, yeah, but it was part of the raw comedy competition, which is um, and yeah, they pick a winner, and I, I didn't win. But um, yeah, you just have to do five minutes. You get a flash at four, four and a half minutes. You get a flash at five minutes. That light, five minutes, light stays on. Five and a half minutes, your microphone cuts out, and it's, and it's all over. So it's pretty, pretty brutal way to start. But um, yeah, so yeah, just and I said I'd give myself ten gigs, and after that, I make a decision whether I wanted to do it, and yeah. Boy, two minutes into the first gig, I decided yeah, yeah. it was what I wanted to do. So, um, yeah, that was uh, that kicked it off. Where where was? Oh, we said where was it? Um, it was over in um, a pub in Fitzroy. Yeah, where, where they? Oh, I can't think of the name of it, but um, yeah, they still have the raw heats. Didn't have to go too far. No, nah, it didn't have to go too far. Yeah. No. Nah. And how how was it received? How your first one? Did you think it was good? Over well? It was good, but a lot of people, a lot of people will say that that their first gig goes great. Yeah. And it's only, it's not only because, like, I've, I think it went okay, but you've got nothing to compare it with. Yeah. So, so your second gig, if it doesn't go as good as your first gig, it's not that good. So all of a sudden you're comparing to other gigs. But yeah. your first gig, if you get a laugh, you're like, I can't believe that person's laughing at what I just said. Like, it's just such a bonus and any any noise in the crowd's a win. And, yeah, so. Is there anything from that first gig, you look back now, you've done it for so long, you'll then go, oh, jeez, that just rookie stuff. Um. I, I I used to do a joke about um, and this is uh, which I wouldn't do now. It was one of my first ever ever jokes. It was about um, it was a joke about Christopher Reeves, who's who's um obviously Superman who had yeah. an accident and became a, a a quadriplegic and 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 like it, but it was it was nothing hanging shit on him or anything. It was basically it was it wasn't a great joke but um used to always get a laugh but looking at it now i, I think oh i can't believe <laughs> i just say that but you just when you're new you have you just got no idea what's acceptable yeah. and what isn't acceptable and and now i even know that or even though that's nothing bad in it even that mentioning the fact that that's what happened to him yeah. like you, you just wouldn't do it it's also probably a different world now oh, than it was 18 oh, years ago 100 percent. yeah it's changed so much have you found that like that like us Probably society moving more PC has affected the comedy space. Yeah, oh, ma- massively, but probably not me so yeah. much. Um, look, I think people now have the only way it's really affected me is now if someone isn't happy with you or doesn't like what you say, you probably wouldn't have known about it before. But yeah. now, but now you you know about it. You know they um I've had a couple of people contact me and send me a not abusive message, but just say um you know I didn't. 
agree with what you said or whatever yeah. but, but I'm not a preacher or a, I mean I do dick jokes and ball bag jokes and you know they're not I'm not there trying to make a statement or anything no. but but the the comedians that are have found it very yeah. tough yeah because I think you look at I think some names like Jimmy Carr and Ricky Gervais are the ones you look at who immediately just are happy to put people off yeah yeah, off yeah. and they just they'll go on the attack but obviously your content is probably a bit more probably not as thought through just a little just yeah Gags and yeah, it's, it's just gags. Oh, there's, there's no message. There's I'm yeah. not allowed to change anyone's life. It's just yeah. trying to get a laugh. Yeah, but um, yeah, but it's it's interesting. So over in the states now, they've got those little um, those little bags that you that you put you got to put your phones in and um and and they lock them. So so there's no cameras and um and you can't record audio for yeah. for, for two reasons. So that a so that you don't, someone doesn't record something that's taken out of context. Yeah. And, or, and B, everyone over there is training up for their, um, or trying to get an hour for their Netflix. Yeah. And imagine if you were, you were, you had an hour Netflix show, you're up to 57 minutes, and then some, some assholes filmed 15 minutes on his phone, they yeah. chuck it on their YouTube page, and all of a sudden you lose 15 yeah. minutes from your show that would have got you a million dollars or whatever. So, yeah. so, that, so yeah, so there's no cameras at all. I was actually over in LA. You know, two years ago, and I, I was watching a mate over there at the comedy store, and I pulled out, just pulled out my phone to, um, just to record it, take a photo of him, and I was just going to send it, um, yeah. back to home and some to here watching Monty, and oh, security! I barely pulled it out of my pocket, and security, um, yes. grabbed me, and and he was on stage and going, "Is that you, Tom? <laughs> Fuck, fucking hell, man! What are you doing?" I was like, "I didn't know, I didn't know." <laughs> it was, uh, and um, yeah, it was no good. Yeah. Um, so you're talking about over the stage. Have you done any gigs over in the stage? No, no. Look, I've had the opportunity, but have always the way I am when I'm out of my comfort zone. I think about it a lot, and yeah. I don't get to travel that much. And I don't want to. If I'm only in LA for a week, and my gigs on day five, I don't yeah. want to spend the four, first five days shitting myself and running through. It's just the yeah. way I am. So I'd just rather go over there and just enjoy just it for what it is because it's not gonna. Besides, to get a photo of me performing at a great venue it's yeah. it's not gonna be my big break or anything so yeah. uh yeah it'd, it'd be nice too but um maybe i could now i think i'm a bit more relaxed now but but um yeah not 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 yet no so is he surely something will come up in the, in the future plenty of time left for that plenty of time um your biggest gig what's the obviously you've done the comedy festival now for quite a, quite a while what's the biggest biggest crowd of these venue or the one that the one that sits with you the most well the ones that sit with me the most are probably the as far as i've walked out at the end and said that that's sort of why i do it yeah would be i would say the four afl clubs i've done yeah, um so i've done collingwood or actually i've done collingwood twice i did collingwood players i did collingwood past players function um, I've done Richmond players, I've done Adelaide Crows players, and I've done Carlton. And so each one I was contacted by by a player. So um, so Collingwood it was Steel. Um, so I bought him. Um, yeah, just Steel. Um, um, Richmond was Broad. Um, and so, so he was the first one. Richmond was the first one. Oh no, actually Adelaide Crows were the first one. It was when they were after the camp and they were um, really uh, <laughs> they, needed, they, needed they need a laugh and they'd lost eight straight. And my mate was assistant coach, and he said, "Mate, we'd love to get you over, and um, and get yeah, to just perform for the boys. They're not going to know what's happening. We're going to get one of the players to give you a bit of dirt. If you could just hang a bit of shit on them, that'd be great." And anyway, so I've so I thought, you know, I really wanted to do it properly. So I and um, so I 
dressed up in the Adelaide co- Crows gear, and, and this is the same thing I did to all the all the clubs. So, for example, Collingwood, I dressed up in all the um, Collingwood gear, yeah. and um, still side bottom got up and said, "Oh, we've got a bit of announcement." So they're in their Ath- Athenaeum or whatever it's called. Yeah. All the players, yeah. all the you know, you got Robert Harvey there, Bucks, so, so all the all the um, staff and everything, physios, and they've said we've got a bit of announcement. Someone's just going to have a bit of an announcement. I've just marched in with all my gear and I've announced that Buckley's uh, been sacked and I'm taking over as coach. And so I've got my team and I'm running through the through the team who I'm going to run out with in the next round and also using all the dirt that he's, um, yeah. that he's, that he's given. So, um, yeah, and it was just, you know, it's all in jokes. So they're yeah. all just going off and like, oh, how do you know about that? And rah, rah. And it was, uh, yeah, so, so all four, all five of those were would just pinch myself thinking I can't believe it and then at the end of each one all the players have uh, got up and um, I've got a picture with all the uh, with all the players yeah, and nice. yeah yeah so just a very uh, very lucky and yeah being a pies man and not at all a Carlton man but they were just the most ripping bunch of blokes absolute and um, Richmond were unbelievable yeah. broad gave me uh, the best dirt like it was <laughs> but it was it was sort of really um Sort of wasn't dirty. It was clean just dirt. it was clean dirt, but it was stuff like one of the guys got his puffy jacket knocked off from the um from the weights room, and apparently apparently he's just suspicious about everyone that, that knocked it off. So, you know, not hilarious, but when the but when it's the, in the group, uh, when it's in the group, and it was just the oh, it was unbelievable. It was so good, yeah. So, so I'd say that's that's my highlight with the suburban football. Yeah, awesome. Who was the Carlton player that contacted you? Uh, big Harry, um, Harry McCoy, oh. just a and just a lovely bloke. Yeah, I think one of one of his best mates, Corbin, trained with the Bears for a while. So, um, ah. yeah, and he, he speaks very highly of Big H. Oh, just a, a lovely guy, and yeah, gave gave great dirt. Like, um, yeah, just one of the young blokes because they must get obviously get free footy boots, and he was yeah. caught um, selling them on eBay, and uh, just <laughs> li- just little, just really yeah. uh, simple stuff, but um. Jeez. It was it was going down, and everything came back to um to Cripper, um because he was just you could see him sitting there, like everything but sitting on a throne. He was just you could tell he was just for king, and um and and um but he was he was so so cool with everything, and there was a lot of hanging shit on him. But he yeah. was yeah, just yeah, it was pretty cool. And um, I met Cripper at the races the other week. I think it would have been maybe Blue Diamond Day. And um, as obviously most of the time, I'm a passionate Carlton fan. So I've walked, walked into the races and there he is. And I've nearly had a panic attack. For yeah. One. Like, Jesus Christ, there's <laughs> God. Yeah, yeah. And um, so I said, all right, I'll get a photo, but I've got to buy my time here. Like, I can't go early because we've yeah, got yeah, nine yeah. races to get through. Yeah. But I don't want to go too late because I don't look like the bike's been on the piss all day. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I bought my time. It was about race three, I went over. And yeah. I thought, all right, I'll get a photo and I'll go. This will yeah, be it. Yeah. And so I shot Kyra as I sat down. He asked me how I was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, good, mate. That's all that, da, da, da. And um, his brother has a tipping service. So I, I figured he must know something about the race. It's like, you know, oh, yeah, like I've got yeah, a yeah, yeah. And he goes, no, I've got no idea about this stuff. I said, okay. And he goes, do you do you have any mail? And yeah. as, as a pretty, oh, the same proficient tipper, I'm like, yeah, mate, non-conformist, best bet of the day. Trust me, get it. It's like, yeah, cool. Don't know if you put the bet on or not, but I'm sitting there all day now thinking, like, this yeah, is better yeah. get up. Like, <laughs> can't miss. It's run second. Oh. And all I could sit there and watch the whole rush is looking over to him. Like, what you, had you had your photo yet? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, done, did the photos. We were chatting. 
um, Bill, my heart was skipping as that horse went down yeah, his yeah. second. I've nearly cried. <laughs> oh, and that's all my fitness. I think hey, either if he didn't put it on, thank God. Yeah. Um, but if he did, maybe he went the place. Maybe he oh, went the place. I hope so. I really do, because <laughs> otherwise I, I felt awful. Yeah, they don't strike me as going the place sort of guys. No, because no. <laughs> obviously his contract is up at the end of the year, and I, I said to him, mate, I said. Oh, well, if he goes back to the club now and goes, oh, I need an extra bit. Yeah. And the club don't have it. Yeah. Oh, it's probably my fault. <laughs> I'll probably cost us that one. Yeah, um, yeah, he was, yeah. Honestly, of all those AFL blokes I've met, and I've been lucky to meet quite a few now at Sportsman's, I can't really think of any that have, that are, that have disappointed that, yeah. that you've gone oh he was a dick or yeah, yeah there's, there was one but I won't I won't go into it, but, uh, Is it, won't go into it. That, that's fair I think we've all, we've all got that story I think with, yeah, with yeah. someone from, from the industry but I think yeah a lot a lot of them are top notch I worked with a lot of them when I was at school doing clinics yeah, and a lot of them were just oh amazing yeah, um, yeah. but you do get the honor. I remember we went to St Kilda one day we used to do these super clinics and um, essentially what that was is we ran the clinics the players just stood there and looked really pretty yep. but we were told on the Friday, the clinics on Saturday, we were told on the Friday, Saints boys have got this one, you guys have just got to run and get the footies. Yep. Perfect. We roll up and separate all the kids. We're talking thousands of kids. Yeah. Separate them all and we're right at the start and no one's moved. And we're yeah. looking at the Saints boys. We're at, we were 17 at the time, so we're kind of looking like, like come on. Yeah, and yeah. No, one's, no one's moving. So eventually I went up to our teacher and I said, mate, What's what's the guy here? Who's taking this? And he goes, "Oh, thanks, you, mate." So right, well, yep. they're not. And <laughs> what are we meant to do about that? Yeah. And it, so we, like, he wanders over. So there's a few few of us boys there taking. We wander over to what well, you taught the big dogs and Rui and all that are there, and just asking, you know, what, what's going on? They said, "Oh, we don't really know either." So we've gone to the guy we've organised it with. Yeah. And said, "Who's running this?" He goes, "Oh, you guys are." Oh, okay. <laughs> we're like, oh, yeah. Like, we're petrified. So um. We had to organise this clinic like 10 minutes to get this thing sorted and credit to the Saints boys at the time. They were they helped us out as much as they could. Yeah, but yeah. I think they hadn't come with a plan. We definitely didn't come with a plan. Yeah. Um, but they, they were awesome. So I think for all the all the flat they do, cop, the guys at the Elite Standard, Oh, it's, very uh, much. there's a lot of good bits going on there. Yeah, it is. My uh, sister works for um, uh, Challenge who help, help kids uh, basically going through hell with cancer and so yeah. forth. And... Um, and and so I've been involved with a little bit with them, done a bit of a, a couple of charities, charity days and stuff like that. So we go along to the um, uh, the Christmas party every year, which is which is for the kids. They have it at the Sandown Racecourse, yeah. and you know there's rides and all this stuff. So it's, it's really good. And the the one player that the, the most active player in the whole AFL that helps out challenge is uh, Jake Stringer, and he would probably be the guy that cops more shit than yeah, anyone else. Say, and you just feel, I feel like. You feel like telling people like you've got no idea what this guy does. Apparently he's at the hospital all the time, going to see all the kids and yeah, and he just cops shit. Yeah, I think Jack Rayworth's another one that I went with a bit at Cedar, not that not that he'd known. But yeah. um he was awesome with the clinics. So I yeah, like, just yeah. the king of the kids, run like oh great, but it, oh my when he gets on the field I'm I'm one of those ones that's like Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. as a bar, just top shelf. And I think you're gonna get that for most of them. I yeah, think. yeah. So we'll go, we've just been talking about the elite. We'll drop down, oh, I'll say, we'll push up to the real elite, the Caulfield Bears. Mighty Bears, yep. Um You've got a 200 game jump up in front of us. You've been there for a hell of a lot longer than I have. Yep. How long, how long when did you start at the Bears? When did that all? Oh, I, I've never been good at years. Um, years have never been, so I would, I would say it'd be, 
it'll be 19 years now, 19 years, so I'm not sure when it, when does that take it back to, 20... Yes, yes, something like that, maybe, maybe before. Um, yeah, so so I came down originally from from the country, and um, my it's ma- a big recruitment policy for oh, the Bears. Yeah, just basically just ask the Wodonga blokes if they've yeah, got any mates moving, going to uni. Cool. Yeah. So um, so I'd moved down for a year and um and was travelling back every week to play for Wodonga, which is which was a disaster because I'd finished the year before playing once, played played elimination final back there in the ones assumed that I'd play ones the following year because I'd finished the year fairly well and I oh, just just didn't work out I was, I was in a pretty average relationship down there I was in a girl with a girl we were only catching up on weekends and yeah. I was playing twos footy and getting on the piss every Saturday night and <laughs> driving home hungover every Sunday and had a job I didn't really like in Melbourne so it was just and I ended up yeah started the year in the ones come off the be- finished coming off the bench in the two so it was clearly time to um to, to move to melbourne yeah if you're going yeah. to move to melbourne you can't be in two places at once you yeah. got to so, so time to find a club in melbourne and a mate I'm not sure how they got onto us but um scotch um got onto a mate and i so we went down to the whole pre-season at, at scotch nice. and yeah it was uh it was it was a different world like different their facilities world, yeah. were that I remember the grounds were unbelievable, facilities were unbelievable, and we'd park in the car park with this beat up piece of shit Ute, and, and then we have Mercedes on one side, Beamer on the other side. Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was different. But then we got to the week. It was, it was like two weeks before round one, and and we were pretty confident of playing ones at Scotch, and then um, just out of the blue, they recruited like four or five guys straight out of AFL. And two of them were rovers, and and I and we were. I was just yeah. like, oh, what's the point? And and yeah. so I left, and they never even rung me to see <laughs> to see um where I'd gone. <laughs> so, so I had mates down at Caulfield. There was a couple of couple of mates down there, so I went down to Caulfield, and yeah, nineteen twenty years later, I'm still there. So yeah. and yeah, just just loved it. Loved the um. I was training there. While I was going back to Wodonga, yeah, but I use the term training fairly loosely. Yeah, the wheels that are recruitment policies. Yeah. Just get the boys training down here. Yeah, yeah, going back up. Yeah, well, it worked. Lock them in. So testimonial next year, surely. If it's twenty years next year, um, new rooms. I had, I had it. They, they were, when I retired because I've retired a couple of times. <laughs> they uh, they did have a testimonial for me when I retired, which was, which you talk about, you know, the the Richmond Collingwood and Carlton being the best comedy experiences that was probably my best uh local footy experience or or what one of it was just a great night my parents were there all my friends were there non-football friends were there and the room was full of everyone i sort of knew and all the past players i played with and yeah it was a pretty uh pretty special night and i got to get up there and thank everyone and it was uh yeah it was uh it was a good it was a great night so i was pretty pretty thankful of the club but um, but it did then, yeah. To, to come back and I think mean, it was about five years ago, and I've I'm, I've, I've, I've kept playing ever since. So, how long yeah. does the body have left? Uh, oh, this would be it. Yeah, this would be it. Oh, I've said that before, but yeah, <laughs> but this. Oh, it's not it's not, it's not much the body. It's more the just the time and the and the family and um, yeah. yeah, just. I mean, it's pretty it's pretty selfish playing <laughs> playing even this year. But um, but my, my wife's good. She. Yeah, she could see that there's still a little bit of a unfinished there. business or a little bit of a scratch itch that needs to be scratched. Yeah. Mm. So you spent touch on the family there. Um, how, how are they? You've got the kids now. I think we were talking the other day. They're, they're playing yeah. soccer. Yeah, you know, they've started soccer, but um, 
it's uh, it's funny. Soccer's it's actually very well organised. Yeah. It's uh, it sadly leaves uh, Oz Kick for dead. Like it's um, and that's just through through numbers. Oz Kick, yeah. you go down there and there's oh, there's three there's three hundred kids down there, if yeah. if not more, and it's just chaos. It's screaming and you can't find your kid and there's footies everywhere and you go down to to the to the soccer, which we go every every Saturday morning at nine o'clock, and it's um. It's just so structured, and, and they're yeah. they're learning so quickly. But they're going to play soccer in summer, and Aussie rules in in winter. Yeah. But already, it was only three nights ago that I had the discussion with with Tam, and she said, "Ah, oh, just go and go and play footy. You know, if it's what you want to do this year, play." And and I thought, "Oh, there'll be something to come out of that. There'll be a few favours owed." And and within twenty four hours, an email came through saying. Well, if you love your footy so much, uh, why don't you coach the uh, the Oz Kick? So I'm <laughs> so I'm already uh, already coaching the Oz Kick, and I'm in a I'm in no position to be saying no to anything at the moment. Yeah. So so I'm up at uh, I'm up nice and early every Saturday morning. I will be uh, coaching Oz Kick this year, which will be a first. So. Yeah, my nephew, he's six now. He starts this year, but he started last year, but obviously couldn't. Um, and he's hanging out. We did the big shot the other day, so when he got the new Carlton jumper. Yeah, yep, yep. Because um, he's got an old one, but it's got Charlie Curnow's number on the back. Oh, okay. And um, it's also a few sides too big, but he's, he wants a number that's someone that plays. Yep. So yeah, he's, fair enough. He's called it. He said he wants Cooper on there. We only got the socks, the shorts, the boots. He got bright yellow ones. Okay, a bit he like yours. You, like, you got the pink. He wanted pink like me, but we couldn't find any in okay. his size. And I was yeah. like, I was like, okay, a little bit happy. I thought, just work your way up to Yeah, the you can't, you can't rush into pink. With. Um, but they're Sundays at 10, I'm in for. That's all right. It's 10. It's all right. 10's all right. I think I'll, I'll definitely feel the pinch yeah. in like mid-year when there's a few footy functions and things like that. But he's he's chomping at the bit. But his summer sport we haven't settled on. He um He's a, he's a bit of everything at the minute. Yeah. Um, as we were saying before. Ball, it's just ball city for him. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Basketball, soccer, whatever he can get his hands off feet on. So summer sports. I'm hoping to avoid cricket. Yeah, don't boy. Don't know if I can go watch him field. No, I think um, my kids will not know cricket exists till they're till they're yeah. seventeen, eighteen. They'll be driving past a park and ask what what's going on over there. Yeah. Not would break my heart if they played at the sport, but that's a yeah. Some of you sort of want to be getting out and doing family stuff, going down the beach it's and just yeah. A hard, cricket, it's a hard oh, watch. it's a like, slog. I feel, I feel for my parents like they. I played cricket not not for too long, but I played. I like cricket. I'm, I'm happy to play in the backyard with him. Yeah, it's batting and bowling, and you know, one hand might bounce, but yep. I can't watch him feel a deep square leg. Nah. In the sun, especially. I've got red hair too, so I can't be sitting in the nah, sun. No, can't be doing that. Like, it, just, it just won't be, won't be good <laughs> for either of us. Um, you spoke about drawing before, something you've done a bit of. You've written and illustrated a book. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah. So, well, that was that was lockdown. So, yeah. so yeah, it was, it was funny enough, lockdown came, in hindsight, at not a bad time of, yeah. my, of my life. I'd gone pretty pretty hard for a long time and it was it was not a bad time to reset to reset i'd probably had a fair old list of things that i wanted to do that i was never gonna get around get time to doing because it was just from one thing to the next and i'm I'm back that i've learned nothing because the the diary's full of it anyway (laughs) so uh, but to have that year off i wrote my book that i wanted to write the suburban footballer did the kids book that i've always wanted to do i've always wanted to run a marathon so i so i trained for a marathon for about three or four months and ran a marathon during the during the break yes. and um and one of my other I had a list of things to do and one of their goals was to uh touch my toes and I'd never I'm really unflexible and so I stretched I was going to stretch every day and every night and that was the one thing from the bucket list that didn't happen I um <laughs> still could never never touch my toes never get anywhere near it um 
Yeah, so I thought that would have been the easiest one. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, what was the process? We'll start with the picture story, but what's the process of getting that one off the ground? Um, so, so, so I learned a lot from the um, from the adults book from the sperm footballer. Yeah. So I wanted I'd, I'd heard some horror stories about going through a publisher. Yeah. So, but basically, you know, you you earn nothing, you earn nothing, and yeah. or you might get a little pay at the start. But then every book you sell, you're making 20 cents. And you know, I wanted to physically have a bag of books that I can take to a gig and sell them and, and, and make, make, make cash. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so, that, so that was the goal, which you can't do if you, if, if you go through a publisher. Yeah. So I did a bit of research, found these guys in Adelaide that were just fantastic. And, and, they, and that, so I met them. Um, so I must have started before, I must have planted the seed before covid setting because i met him in the city one day in the foyer of a hotel and like, they were unbelievable just told us everything you got to do and the cost and yeah. rah rah so so i did that and yeah and self-published so so which just means i own own all of it I, yeah. and yeah so i think it's pretty reasonable like i paid i think it was two grand i paid them which in the scheme of things to have an idea and now have a book you know, because it's not that the way everything's laid out in a book is quite difficult, yeah, and, and to, to actually put a book together. So for two grand, you basically throw them the content, you yeah. throw them a few pictures, they make a cover, they do everything, and they basically give you a USB or a file that you can send anywhere in the world and um to any printer in the world and, and get printed. So, so so I learned a lot from that, and then yeah, just did the same process pretty much for the for the yeah, children's yeah. book, except it was obviously drew the pictures and it was just simple just i actually really enjoyed the process of um drawing and learning and thinking oh because i knew nothing and all of a sudden yeah. you'd think oh actually that gray ledge just shit for that and then i'd go down to the put the mask on and go down to the the art supply shop and there'd be a lady there that was talking me through all the different pencils and because yeah. that fuck all to do sitting at home yeah. in lockdown and so um so yes yeah, so i found out all about different pencils and and then yeah i just had a heap of different pictures and you just Let's go down Officeworks. They've got scanners that are almost oh, better quality than well, than, the, than the product and um, than the original product, and they just shoot them off to the to the company over in Adelaide. And happy days. So okay. there would have been a day where you would have had to wrap them up and ship yeah. them over. And yeah, so it's it's uh, yeah, it's a good time to be doing stuff like that. Yeah, hundred percent. I think um, companies like that that can really just guide you through it, but leave you with control. Like, I think yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Company I'm working with over this podcast, Sportscaster yep. Media. They're based out in Oakley, and they've been super for me. They've been actually oh, all I have to do is make the content, submit the content. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. anything I need help with, they do. Anything I can do, they let me do. Yeah. Um, as Tom opens up, lightly sparkling. <laughs> it's a fizzy drink. Well, I haven't, I haven't um, written this. So. But yeah, like it's a massive, massive weight off the shoulders when you get stuff like that. Um, when when you can concentrate on the stuff you can do, and yeah, off yeah, the stuff yeah, you yeah. can't. See, so I'm not tech savvy at all, so I was a little. No. Yeah, I was a little worried, but yeah, they were amazing. Yeah, no, that's, a, that's massive. Um, the Suburban Footballer one you wrote. Yep. Um, how, how's that gone so far? Yeah, it's, it's gone great. I've sold GB up around a thousand, um, thousand copies. So, so when I first put it on, um, again, timing um, was everything. Yeah. Everyone was just sitting around during COVID and um, yeah, we just bored just buying shit online and so, so um yes yeah, so, so i did sell a lot now i sell them at my, at my gigs and yeah and um yeah it's similar setup to the i used to sell stubby holders and that's yeah and i tell this story actually on stage when i'm selling the stubby holders that i used to i used to buy them for five dollars 
and I think it was five dollars each, five dollars fifty each, and selling for six dollars. So the markup, I've selling for ten dollars. So the markup's not that great, but the money is when all you pissed idiots at the end of the night just leave them on your beers, and I just go around and peel them off your beers and sell them the next night, and it, it would seriously happen. Like, like I'd sell fifteen stubby holders, I'd go around and collect seven that people had just left on their beers and um, and then sell them the next night. So, so, yeah, the actual margins weren't great, but the the fact that you could sell something several times was... And not uh, lose any product. Uh, yeah, that's... Uh, no, business stuff. Yeah. Maybe I'll text that. Yeah, sure, business stuff. <laughs> yeah. um, so not, not on the game, and we'll get this one wrapped up. It's been a lot of fun. Um, if we go back to the stand-up stuff, yep. I mean, where's that going now? What do you, what do you got booked in the diary? So I've probably accepted now that it's taken a while that my lot in the comedy in the comedy world. You know, yeah. I'm not um, I'm not a TV guy. I'm not a not a host of a TV show or anything. I've yeah. got my I've got my the footy clubs, which is which is great. I don't have them all to myself, but look, not too far from yeah. it. There's a few doing the um doing the footy clubs as well, but um, but just through my page, I'm I'm able to generate a lot of work. Like I can go to Queensland and and put on my Facebook page. I'm going to Queensland on the 17th, 18th, 19th of of July, and I'll I'll fill that up in in 24 hours. Yeah, so it's awesome. very lucky to be in that position. So so now that that's accepted, because I think when you're young, you you're sort of stressed and you you know because you want oh no I'm not going to be as gonna I'm not going to stars and now that I'm I'm cool with that. So it's all yeah, uh, yeah quite content with my little lot and um and yeah so continue to write uh. Material the suburban footballers, not set and forget, but it's something that sort of generates itself. Yeah. Like it, like it, it's it's a lot of audience participation. So every show is different, and there's always bits being added. But I don't really sit down and write for it. Yeah. So the creativity comes with the with the straight stand up that I do. So I'm yeah. always writing, always trying to improve that. And yeah, you just want to be. There's nothing no bigger thrill than if you write a joke, you practice it, you learn it off by heart you get on stage and you perform it and it gets a big laugh and you know that you've got a god it might only be another 45 seconds but you know you've got a good 45 seconds it just feels like you could do a half hour spot and if you can get another two minutes in there of new stuff it just feels like it's all fresh yeah yeah it just freshens everything up so so yeah continue to do that i'd like to write a book another book one day just about shit i've been up to in my life like stories of uh, all the all this trouble I've been in and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, so that's my next book, but might need another lockdown to uh, get that sorted. Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully not. Hopefully we don't get it until the end of the footy season. Wouldn't yeah, yeah. This year and getting a kid. You got have you got a show this year at the comedy festival again? Yeah, yeah, yep. So so this is my first show since my first suburban footballer year. So that was probably five years ago, and this is just a good old fashioned best of. So it's called eighteen years because I. I think I've been on it for 18 years. I couldn't remember, but 18 years had a nice ring to it. So, um, yeah, it's just my, my favourite jokes that I've written from 18 years. Awesome. And we'll chuck the link and all that stuff to that in the show notes. Yep, beautiful. Um, but, yeah, I think that's all we've got. Anything else you want to plug quickly before we, we wrap up? No, no, I think that's about it. I'm doing a podcast every week with my mate Evan called Good Banter. I don't know if you want to advertise the opposition podcast no, we'll here. We'll chuck that in the show notes <laughs> as well. And, and um, we'll, we'll chuck in as well. We'll chuck in Tom's Facebook. Um, yeah, yep, yep. your books as well. Ah, beautiful. Links galore. That's it. Too easy, mate. Thank you for your time. No, thanks for, thanks for having us.